Mm-hmm. There, there's the line right there. I'm yeah. just waiting for someone <laughs> to keep my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to yet another episode of AT Banter. I am Rob Minot. And with me today, we have Steve Barkley. Hey. <laughs> and we also have... I stole your hey. You did. That's okay. <laughs> you can have it. You can have that one for free. Next <laughs> one's going to cost you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we also have with us Ryan Flurry. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, now you're just being fancy. That's right. Oh, I got the four hey's. Wow. That's one more than Fat Albert. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Skinny Ryan. That's morbidly obese Albert. That's, that's, that's double we're the monkeys. <laughs> that's right. It's like eight monkeys. Eight monkeys. That should Was be a currency. Monkeys? Was there four monkeys or five monkeys? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I don't remember. It's got to be at least four. Uh, it was three or four. Yeah. Four, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you name them? I can only name Mike Nesmith, I think. Uh, well, there's Davy Jones. Jones. There's Davy Jones, and there Maybe was. I can't even name him. Uh, wh- who is that ugly guy? Mickey. The guy with the flat nose. Mickey. Okay, Google. <laughs> who are the monkeys? According to Wikipedia, the monkeys are an American rock band originally active between 1965 and 1971, with subsequent reunion albums and tours in the decades that followed. And then there's the Wikipedia link. And we now know there were four of them. Yep. Peter Tork, Mickey Dolans, Davy Jones, and Michael Nesmith. So shout out to the monkeys wherever you are today. Hey, hey, you're the monkeys. Hey, 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 we're AT Banter. (laughs) (laughs) Big difference. Wow. He's been into the scotch already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were we, we going to get booze for this yeah, show? That's yeah, that's what we I thought. Were, we were, well, okay. So, first of all, I have to say to our audience, we went ahead and we did it. We created an Instagram account. Woohoo! So, uh, I guess, I don't think it's up. I, like, I got to figure out how to tie it into the Facebook feed and the uh, WordPress site. But it's there. If you Anyone who's really super curious... I think if you just search AT Banter, all one word, on Instagram, you will find us. Uh, but we'll have uh, links up and going this week. So we've already got a few pictures of the Guitar Dungeon. We'll be taking some more. And, uh, yeah. Okay, we're we're going to do a selfie right now. No. Right now. Yes, yes. Selfie. Selfie. Here it goes. Oh, hang on. Let's frame the guitars a little nicer. There we go. <laughs> there we are. All right. All right, selfie. Sweet. You you heard it here first, folks. Live on air, our first Instagram selfie. Yeah. Uh, Hey, so uh, uh, how's your week been? So far, uh, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday once again, and here we are again. Are we doing coffee on Friday? Yeah. Excellent. I think that's the plan. Awesome. That's the plan. 
so now do do we have anything we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about any of that? Any of the? I don't know. Has uh, there been any uh, interesting stories that have come up? So what was the one I posted to the uh, uh, the Canadian Assistive Technologies website? Well, okay. Let me stop you right there. Like, do we want to talk about so- a little something called Canadian Assistive Technologies? Sure. Let's talk about Canadian Assistive Technologies. What is Canadian well, Assistive I Technologies? W- well, let's yeah. I'm gonna let Steve take this because uh, he knows all about it. He knows all about it, and it yeah. Take it away, Steve. Well, as some of you may know, and some of you may not, a uh, little company that uh, the three of us worked for for many years, Aroga Technologies, is no more. It has uh, gone bankrupt and uh, been forced into receivership by uh, the uh, bank. Um, so as a result, um, we're unemployed. <laughs> so, and still doing the podcast <laughs> yeah, but, and, and still doing the podcast uh, however I've started my own company uh, Canadian Assistive Technologies and we're doing uh, low vision and blindness aids uh, based out of my uh, living room at the moment um, and uh, hoping to get it to the point where I will be able to bring back uh, Mr. Ryan and Mr. Rob to uh, to join me in the, uh, in the new venture so if you're out there and you need stuff, we are found at www.canastech.com. Yes, I managed to put the ass in assistive technology. <laughs> That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H. Uh, so canastech.com is the website, uh, which is uh, currently being populated with uh, with products. Um, I can be found at steve at canastech.com. Um, and uh, yeah, we're uh, we're moving forward. That's right. So this podcast is now proudly sponsored by Canadian Assistive Technologies. That's right. And we thank you for your sponsorship. Yes. So bring us booze. <laughs> All right. That that will be my, do- my my contribution next time. I will, I will bring a bottle of hooch. Because we're unemployed and we're into that type although, of thing. <laughs> although, I think next week's show is a 10 a.m. start. Oh, no. So it's going to be early booze drinking. Okay. So it'll Unless have to we be do it after the maybe, show. Maybe cider? Yeah, cider. Cider is yeah, sure. yeah. always a nice, good, nice good apple breakfast. or pear cider yeah. Yeah. breakfast. Yeah, sure. there you go. We can do that. Alrighty. And yeah. any of you out there from the Intemperance League, well, sorry. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I don't know about you guys. Like I don't know. I've been I've been getting up with my alarm every morning. I've I like I've I'm still seven a.m. I get right up and I and get now. to work. Yeah. Oh, did really? I get up at eight. Yeah. You lazy bastard. Yep. yep. Me too. What? Me too. Yeah. Yeah, See, I'm up at seven. Boom. Oh. Why? Uh, I don't know. I just feel like because that, that's the kind of person I am. Like I yeah. love schedules. I'm very, I'm a very regulated person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, me too. At so. eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, so that's big news. Yeah, indeed. Do you also want to mention what's happening with Rick? Oh. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So. Um, uh, also, uh, out of this, uh, Rick Chant, our uh, Aroga's former uh, service manager, uh, has started up his own company called Chaos Technical Services. And uh, when it's Rick and Chaos, never was there a more aptly named uh, <laughs> uh, company. Uh, so Chaos Technical Services is uh, up and running to do uh, repairs, things like, uh, you know, brailers, uh, CCTVs, all, basically all, all the stuff that Aroga used to sell. Um, and uh, you can find them at 
chaostech at shaw.ca. You can also phone them at 778-847-6840, 778-847-6840. I should also mention that uh, Canadian Assistive Technologies can be reached toll-free at one 844 I'm pretty sure I got that right, but I'll, I'll double-check that. You're right. <laughs> 8324 is tech, so you probably got the right. Yeah. Yep, sounds that sounds right. Uh yeah. All right. Well. Uh hey, Ryan. Rod. Uh what are we doing today? Today we are talking to a young man from Afghanistan named Mohammed Syed, who I believe has a really interesting story to tell and the guys the guys courageous. That's all I can say. Um yeah, how did you how did you come across him anyways? I think I saw a Twitter post from somebody um, that did an interview with him on Public Radio International back in December. And so I reached out to him, or I had you reach out to find out his contact information. Right. And then got in touch with him, and he's on the show. It's amazing how that works. It is. Gotta yeah. I love the internet. It is. Like you read a story, and it is. it is pretty amazing. Uh, I have to say, so it should be a very good show, and if it's not, it's Ryan's fault. Absolutely, I, yeah. I second that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally Ryan's fault. Either that, or we didn't have enough cider. Yeah, and That's if it's true. a good show, it's all about us. That's right. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you know what? Let's not waste any more time. And uh, not that any of this was a waste of time, but you know, let's let's uh, let's bring them on. All right. Well, we are very fortunate to be talking today to Mohammed Syed. He is a, an aspiring inventor and an entrepreneur, and he has a pretty amazing story, I have to say. Uh, Mohammed, thanks for, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, for, the, for, for our audience who may or may not uh, know anything about you yet, just give us a little a bit of your background and, and, um, and your childhood and where you're from. Well, I had a busy childhood. So when I was uh, uh, around six years old, I'm originally from Afghanistan. When I was six years old, I, I um, lost my legs and uh, that was 11 days after my mom died. And then uh, my father took me to a hospital and um, I never saw him again. So I lived in that hospital for seven years and I met a doctor in the hospital was from the U.S. who, um, you know, um, was my doctor. And then after seven years, when the hospital that was my only home abruptly closed, uh, he told one of his friends who was coming to Afghanistan to work for another uh, foundation, which was an organization. And he said, you know, can you go and look what happened to... Um, you know, this to Mo, I call myself Mo now, but back then in Afghanistan, I call myself Saeed. So he said, go see what, what happened to Saeed. And then one day I was sitting in, in the hospital, I mean, uh, in this huge hospital. And um, it was like a ghost town and I was like the only living soul in it. And uh, one of the guards came to me and said, there is a blue-eyed American looking for you. And I found it very strange. I was like, how is, who is this um, 
like an American who's blue-eyed looking for me. <laughs> so I came down and there she was. And um, we bonded from that moment and she worked for around nine months. And then after nine months, she brought me to the U.S. And um, that's when I began the new chapter in my life. And that was uh, 28th of July, 2009. Um, and two years ago, I, I think a year or two ago, I became a United States citizen, and now I live here. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Indeed. Did, did you ever find out what happened to your father? Yeah, my, uh, I mean, my father is still in Afghanistan. When I came here, um, he started calling me, and uh, he was reasonable. You know, he said, if I had taken you home, from that hospital, we lived in a mountain. He said, you know, one, you would have never had the opportunity to go to school uh, because in, in the where I lived in the hospital, my high school was right down the street. And second, he said, we, you know, I didn't have the resources to take care of you and you would have lived long. So, you know, I had forgiven him and those was reasonable uh, reasons and I didn't have you know, my anger at him. Excellent. As as you were saying, when you were six years old, you lost your legs. How how did you cope? What kind of support mechanisms did you have in place to help you get through some of those hurdles? I think the the you know this is true uh, with a lot of people in Afghanistan. You know, we see a lot of negative things on the news. Uh, but there is a lot of positivity. One thing that a lot of Afghans have is they are very resilient and they are always hopeful. I mean, there is the war for so long, but everyone is still hopeful that something better will happen. And that's how I live. I mean, I was, one was my faith. I really uh, believed in it strongly. And second, I was hopeful that, you know, uh, something better will happen. And, I mean, there is no way I can explain what that meant. It was not like, okay, you go to a coffee shop and buy a coffee. That's the end of the story. Hope is something that, you know, um, I can't... A lot of people ask me the same question, but there is no way that I can give a direct answer. But I just was hopeful, and I never gave up and always figured out ways of surviving. I mean, from that age six, I was an adult. I had to, you know, start a little business in the hospital, selfing, uh, you know, fixing the 500 employees' phones and charging them and <laughs> wow. then pay for my food and school. So when, when you are in a situation like that, um, you have to come with ways of survival. And for me, that didn't just help me, but it, it, it you know, gave me the skill and, and the ability to think, to say, you know what, I have lost my leg, so what? I still have my brain, and I still can do everything like anybody else. And I did it, and I lived. That's a if great I, attitude. If I, if I was in Afghanistan, I would have died by the age of 18, as many people say. And now I'm 20 years old, so that's a big progress. Wow. Now, how old yeah. were you when you when you came to the U.S.? 
Uh, I think I was uh, 12 when I when I arrived in the U.S. Um, and uh, when I arrived there, I was in a very bad condition. I mean, my back was at problem. So right away when I got here, they, they did surgery and they straightened my legs and uh, straightened my back. I'm six inches taller now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, was it uh, what was it like adapting? You know, when you're when you're twelve and you're and you're coming to a new country. Well, you know, it is hard. It's like going to a totally new planet. You know, where everything is new. There are, you know, things that are comfortable. There are things that are uncomfortable. For me, it was really hard to go to school with girls, and you know, yeah, people, <laughs> you know, wear shorts. And in Afghanistan, that's considered being naked. So in some ways, 95% of the U.S. was naked. <laughs> <laughs> so th those were, you know, kind of... Also, when I was in Afghanistan, I went to school um, till seventh grade. And every year, I was on top of my class. And here, when I went to school... It wasn't a competitive school, and my English wasn't very good. And it was really hard for me because I was like, you know, um, I felt stupid, like I was not as smart as these other kids uh, because of, you know, the language barrier and stuff. But over time, I learned and did very well. Now, um, tell us a little bit about how you got into the realm of inventing, because you've You've sort of invented a, a few pieces of assistive technology. Um, was that something that you, you've always had, a flair for invention? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I know probably I've heard that necessity is the mother of invention. And I think in, you know, when I was in Afghanistan, you know, there were, I had to come with ways of to survive. And I think that's kind of uh, was where my creativity came from, whether it was, you know, uh, solving some other people's basic problem or coming with, you know, some stuff that helped myself. And when I got here also, um, you know, before even starting school, I always like to, you know, think uh, and, you know, create things. Um, people say I have a very creative mind. So I um, I was in regular public school for two years, and then uh, I heard about this school that was uh, actually started by some MIT students. And they, you know, I learned that it's a creative school where you can use 3D printers and stuff. So I, I said this is exactly where I want to be. Um, and when I got to that school, it turned out they actually, um, you have to pay to go. It's kind of like a private school. And I told them, I don't have no money, but I really want to come here and do this. <laughs> so I think I was uh, one of the first people they gave a scholarship to. So I went there and I learned the programs to, you know, design 3D models and how to use a 3D printer. And then I did a Kickstarter and raised... Um, some money from family and friends and actually uh, bought my own 3D printer 
to continue on, you know, inventing um, devices for wheelchairs because myself, I wanted, you know, a foldable tray and a cup holder that I could only mount it when I want to and then put it in my pocket. So it's not like, you know, you have all these attachments that makes you look like a robot. <laughs> so I, I actually 3D printed my own cup holder and, um, and then when I wanted to leave this school, I kind of, you know, really didn't feel very good about, you know, there are all these big companies that make products for wheelchair users and they are now wheelchair users themselves. How can you create something for someone in a wheelchair if you don't, if you are not in a wheelchair? It, it, it sounds weird to me, but a lot of companies do. And then they over-engineer it so much that it would cost you you know, they charge you for that. It costs you so much that the average wheelchair user can't afford it. Right. So for me, my goal was to create something that would cost a fraction. So I invented this device called the Key to Freedom. And the Key to Freedom actually allows a wheelchair user to make anything lightweight around the household, including your, you know, phone or your plate or your existing cup into a cup holder, or, you know, you can simply attach it and use it. Um, and if you get the key to freedom compared to these existing products that already have these separate tools, those will cost you $700, while my device, because it's 3D printable, it'll cost you only, uh, it's and its attachment will cost you only a hundred dollar or less and we uh, I'm still developing it fortunately um, I had a big law firm in the US um, Nixon Peabody they allow uh, they actually you know accepted me as their pro bono client and two of my inventions uh, right now are patent pending right. um, while I focus on developing my superhero Walter man <laughs> Why don't we get into that? Tell tell us about Wheelchair Man. So right after I you know I finished school, uh, I founded this five hundred one c three charitable organization, Rumpower Redefining Normal, and the goal of Rumpower is to help you know people in wheelchair and other disabilities, both physically and psychologically. So while my devices and attachments would help them physically, I invented the first wheelchair user superhero. Um, it was based on my real life story. And that was inspired by, you know, many different things. One, you know, I was like in this great country that we are in, why isn't there a wheelchair superhero that celebrates the ability and accomplishments of people in wheelchairs? And I feel like, you know, People in wheelchair and people who have disability, now I'm not discriminating against able bodies, so don't feel bad. <laughs> they, are, they are like 10 times stronger because of what they go through. And if they do something similar that an able body would do, they'll do it 10 times better because they want it to be the best and because they have struggled already so much. So, like I was in this Boston Comic Con, my mom took me to Boston Comic Con, 
and there was a Spider-Man, Superman, and you would see all these different heroes, and you would see kid dressed up as them. And I was like, why isn't there this wheelchair superhero? So, you know, and then after my surgeries, Make-A-Wish Foundation, um, you know, accepted my wish of going to India. And when I was in India, you know, this old woman ran to me and gave me a big hug and said, I wish my grandson was like you, who came out because he's in a wheelchair, he's casted out, and he feels ashamed, and he doesn't want to come out. Even I told him that I can carry you on my back. And, you know, I, I realized that this problem that, you know, wheelchair users been hidden behind the wall of shame, it's not something just exists in, in Afghanistan, but all over the world. So this superhero will not only give hope to kids who end up in a wheelchair for the first time, but also it will motivate those existing ones that, you know, you can come out, you can still achieve your dreams, you can still work hard because this is based on someone that was exactly like you and exactly where you are now. So, and Wolterman will not be, you know, the, the first superhero. We have another four original superheroes that we will also be based on other wheelchair users from the developing world who are making an impact in their community or we will make, help them bring their dream to life. But we start with Vulture Man and his tagline is hope is on the way. Nice. Can, we, can you tell us a little bit about the character itself? So the character is, you know... Um, they're part of, well, the character is basically inspired by my, my life and my ideas, and it's about hope, peace, and not giving up. And one of its superpowers is, you know, because I always wished that I had this magical power where I could make the entire world peaceful, especially starting with Afghanistan, because, you know, people have been through so much and in pain for so long. Imagine all of a sudden having a world where it's, you know, everybody is like a brotherhood and sisterhood. Everybody love each other. There is no hate. And it's peaceful. Um, so one of Wolterman's main superpowers is that he can make a criminal see the consequence of their crime before they commit it. So that's based on the idea because in Afghanistan, when a kid first um, loses a parent due to war uh, or, you know, a part of their body, they they become so depressed that sometimes other people take advantage of them. Okay, come join us and fight for us, stuff like that, which sounds crazy. Um, but so in my case, in Walterman, I have given him powers that are, I think, is peace-related or hope-related. Um, and that's one of the power. And the other powers, obviously, you have to read the book to find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Does, does Wheelchair Man have a nemesis? Um, well, uh, many people ask that question. And I feel like uh, anybody who believes in, in violence is basically not Wheelchair Man's friend. And besides, you know, to be honest with you, I feel like 
we see superheroes, I go see superhero movies and kids go to and the hero is become a hero after he, he destroys everything and rescues this one person. And I feel like what is your message to the young children? That the only way to make peace is use violence? That's not, you know, that's not how it should be. You can use peace to bring peace, just like Gandhi did, just like Martin Luther King did, just like Nelson Mandela did. Mm. And those are real life examples. And myself, you know, when I was in Afghanistan, I always wanted to become a commander when I grew up. So I could, you know, um, go out and kill this bastard who put me in the situation I was. And when I came here for the first time, I learned about Gandhi. And I realized, and he's like one of my superheroes now, that how he he changed, you know, how he used peace and nonviolence to bring peace and, and defeat the, the biggest empire in the world. So they are all real humans who are superheroes. We don't have to create fictional superheroes to to for our young children for them to admire. There are so many real superheroes, real people in the world that we can celebrate. So I'm I wanna, you know, unfortunately in the book there is so much um because it's based on on, on a real life. You know, unfortunately, there is violence and there is pain and there is a struggle. And the 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 first book in the series of Wilcherman is all about that and all about the characters. He actually start using his powers and realize some of his powers in the second book when he goes back to Afghanistan in search of his sister. And that's when we will actually also introduce Captain Afghanistan, who will be based uh, in the life of my best friend, who when I left Afghanistan, he was unfortunately uh, living um, in the streets, and I, I don't know what happened to him and where he is mm. now. Um, tell us a little bit about what the status of the, of the book is, because I understand you have a, you have a GoFundMe campaign for it? Yeah, well, uh, the first the first issue in the book, actually, we were able to publish it online through Power's website, and I know it's a bit expensive, and that's because it's more like a fundraiser to start the work on the second book. Right. So our 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 GoFundMe page is a continuous, so we can you know keep raising money to continue to deliver. Um, you know the next series, and uh, we we were able to raise some money, and we have actually um, ordered two thousand hard copies hmm. uh, that uh, hopefully will be receiving them soon to distribute. But at this point, the only uh, the first the first um, book in the series available online, um, and uh, that's how that's how we basically are able to create these is by you know people's contribution and um, our GoFund Wilcherman's GoFund pages is still going so um, people could go and visit it they could also 
go and visit Drum Power's website if they want to learn about you know our team and and other things we have there. Uh, yeah, that's actually. I was just going to ask about that. Uh, so, you, so you have a team of people who are who are uh, working on the comic. It's not a one man show. No, it's not. Uh, we actually have, you know, starting a nonprofit is it's it's ten times harder than starting a for profit because you have the IRS you have to get through and you have there's so many different things layers to it. So obviously I couldn't do it alone and I, I had to find the right people to mentor me. So I was fortunate enough to have two very smart mentors. One is Donald Lombardi. He actually have his own nonprofit. And another is uh, Jonathan Fleming. He's a venture capitalist and also a professor at uh, Salon School of Management at MIT. So they both really, um, you know, helped me um uh through through the whole process and also Nixon Peabody beside that they help with a the patent they also helped with uh, setting up the nonprofit and then obviously um you know I do art myself but as you say I cannot be a one man show so I have a very talented artist Ariel Epstein who creates the beautiful arts you can see in the comic book um, and she will be, uh, she, she actually joined this journey we had, when we had nothing. It was when we just had the idea. Uh, she had a part-time job, and uh, once we started it, we were able to, um, you know, hire her, and she left her other job, and she's going to be in this journey with us for a long time. Um, and I feel, I feel very grateful uh, to, to find somebody who believed in the vision as 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 much as I did, so we are a very good team together. That's awesome. Uh, tell me, yeah. did you always have an interest in comic books? <laughs> no, that's the funny thing. I I never touched a comic book. <laughs> I never read a comic book. Um, and and the interesting thing was, you know, a lot of people also tell me, why don't you go write a novel? Uh, about your life. I said, the way I want to send my message to young kids, they wouldn't want to read a novel. Right. They want, also another good thing about comic books is, you know, if I write, uh, right now there are people in Afghanistan who want to actually help translate this into Farsi. But mm. I feel like in any country, it doesn't matter if you, you know, you should be able to understand the story by looking at the images. So, because comic books really help you understand, even if you can't really read or you are not very interested in reading. Um, we also, you know, thinking about that, we also have Wilcherman available um, in coloring. So, you can actually follow the footpath of Wilcherman and create your own story as Wilcherman. So, um, we also have a, that available that... Hopefully, depending on how this goes, then we would order coloring books for kids for, to color uh, in themselves. But no, I never read comics and um, was never interested in it. I know that sounds weird. But. <laughs> well, what about now? Like, So now that you are a comic creator, do you find that you're reading more comics? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did, you know, I took a two-week course 
in learning about comics and about you know pan panels and I read so much so I have I've done enough research um, <laughs> you know because um, it's it's really um, people I don't know how people think it's it's not very easy because I have to take this story that you know is so long and so complicated and as you put it so many twists in it I mean, I explain to people like I died three times and came back to life. And it is like, you know, when I was six, when my father, I mean, that's the time I died. And then I came to the U.S. and I had all these surgeries that I almost, I, you know, died. Um, so there are so many different times in my life. How could you squish that? into a 30 page so kids are interested right and i thought the best way of doing it was by creating and it's about time we need a wheelchair superhero and and uh so it's i it took us a while to question in that 30 page that you know moves fast so you can keep you you know going and um and everything is fed beautifully together And um, we'll continue to the next next one, but all of the books, uh, I want to keep them short and fast-paced um, for, for kids. You should pitch the idea to Netflix. We need a Netflix uh, original. That's right. <laughs> we, have, we have actually, there is, um, after our launch, we did get, um, you know, I think two, three publishers, but... We didn't want to go with publishers because I want to, you know, do it myself. This is from a wheelchair user for other wheelchair users and other, you know, anybody. I want to tell this story the way I want to tell it and do it the way I want to do it. Also, we did get um, three film offers, wow. but uh, it, it was totally to, uh, you know, do anything right away. So we really turned them down at this point. But, hey, who knows? Netflix is, I watch Netflix every night. I hope they hear this podcast and come to me and then we'll negotiate. <laughs> I, trust us, we hope they're listening to our podcast too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, wh so what are your plans for the future? Do you, I mean, do you, are, you, are you looking to, to do some more um, inventions or are you pretty much strictly just working on the comic right now? Well, I want to licensed inventions because I looked into manufacturing and doing it myself and you know it, it's a lot of work that way and I, I feel like right after wheelchair uh, man we want to introduce wheelchair woman wheelchair girl and wheelchair boy and we have already actually created you know a cover for each superheroes of how we want them to look like um, so for me, I think at this point I need to eventually want to turn, you know, as we grow Wilcherman into a video game and hopefully, like, make a deal with some big company like Netflix or Marvel to turn it in a into a movie. So I feel like, you know, I want to kind of, um, I have a lot of other invention I'm working on. I want to kind of license those and then put my focus on developing and uh, creating the superheroes and then tie the two together. For example, my goal is to um, 
take make some money on licensing and put that into the nonprofit and then Wilcherman can actually use the products which kind of you know it's a marketing a good marketing so it will help each other Wilcherman will market the products and then in return uh, we will donate those products for cheap in developing world um, so the vision is not a very small vision I have this long vision and uh, I have to work to get there so let's see what the future presents yeah it sounds like you're gonna have a, f a busy few years yeah your hands are full yeah but right now I'm focusing on the superhero um, hopefully in, in a couple years I think when I have all that three books in the series of Wilcherman, I want to go to these big companies. If they don't come looking for me and see if they are interested in, in making it into a movie. Well, just remember, if DC comes to you and wants to make it into a movie, don't do it. <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> because they haven't found a superhero they can't mess up yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they well, must have... <laughs> They messed up Superman, and that's hard to mess up. You got to really work to mess up Superman. Uh -huh. You know, the story of Superman and Wilterman is very similar. Superman is, you know, if you look at it, he's a fake, so fictional hero. Wilterman is real. Like in that, you know, he was adopted and he was brought from another planet into this. Right. To Earth. You know, you, you can put the story side by side. And Wilcherman is the true story of the true life story of Superman. But it's a real story. That's right. Muhammad, you've done more than your 20 years on this earth than I've done in my 45. And <laughs> uh, my hat's off Thanks. to you. Yeah, it really is a remarkable story. It is. <clears throat> if people are interested in learning more about Wheelchair Man or Rim Power, uh, do, you, do you have a website that they can go to or an email address that they can reach out to you? Yeah, so Rumpower, I have a website, rumpower.org. Uh, my email is in there. The information is there. And we also have our GoFundMe page they could visit. And um, just search Walter Man and Rumpower, and they are all come up easily. Perfect. And, and we'll, like Ryan said, we'll, um, we'll link to all the sites in our show notes if anyone's interested. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank well, you so thank much you for, for your joining time. us, Muhammad. Yeah, and, you know, you, you've got a fantastic attitude and uh, wish you all the best in the world. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thanks, Muhammad. Okay, bye-bye. 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 Wow. Wow. Yeah. 20 years old, changing the world. I know. Yeah. You know, I know. We think of our first world problems, right? And yeah. They're nothing compared yeah, to exactly. other parts of the world. I was in a hospital for a week <laughs> when I broke my arm when I was in grade 11 and Mackenzie didn't have a physiotherapist. So I had to go to the hospital in Prince George and I had to actually be admitted like as a patient there so that I could have physical therapy done twice a day mm -hmm. on my arm. And uh, that was the worst experience of my life. And that was a week. I can't imagine living in a hospital for seven years. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, like, like that. Well, in a war-torn country. That's a right? better movie there than yeah, the Wheelchair yeah. Man movie. Uh, you know yeah, I mean? for sure. Absolutely. I mean, the, the story of his life. It, Incredible. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, but that being said, I like this. I like this wheelchair man character. I think that's cool. I think he's absolutely right. You know, uh, most comic book and comic book movies, it is all about violence. It is. it is about who is the most powerful superhero, who can outblast, who who can pummel the other into mush. Uh, you don't see uh, his his particular take on superheroes that often, or if at all. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. Well, I think I think that those superheroes would probably tone it down really quick if they started getting bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, you knocked down the uh, Prudential <laughs> building. Uh, that'll be $23 million, please. <laughs> that's right. Like, Whoa, that's I better right. go fight in fields from now yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, Bruce Wayne might last for a while, but uh, certainly, I mean... Superman's not making a huge income. He's not pulling out down big dollars no, those, from those reporters. Don't make a lot of money. Hell no. Or mm-hmm. photographers, right? Is he a photographer? No, he's a Jesus. Oh, that's Peter he's, Parker. Yeah, that's your thing of Peter Parker. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's that too. Yeah, you should check it out. Yeah, I was surprised too because I, I actually did a Google search for wheelchair superhero, and there aren't any. No, I, I was I was well, I was stunned because I figured there had to be somewhere no i mean I, I, I guess you could call professor xavier but you know again like oh yeah i guess yeah you could but yeah. he's in a wheelchair but it has nothing to do with his powers really yeah like it's just it's it's complete gimmick yeah so and even then like they've gone through periods of the of the x-men comics where he just gets up and he gets healed and he can walk around for a while i think they, they build him a power suit or something at one point mm-hmm. so not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of that, did you, did you see Logan? Yes. Oh, was that an amazing movie or what? The the little girl in that looks exactly like my niece. Oh, really? I am now terrified of my <laughs> niece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a great movie. That's our other recommendation. That's podcast approved. Lo- have you seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. yeah it's excellent. Yeah, really yeah, I haven't watched any of the other Wolverine movies I got sitting on the shelf over there. No, really? <laughs> no it doesn't even matter. Do you no? don't even need to. No, no? just go straight to Logan. Because th- to be honest, uh, they'll, it'll, they'll seem cheesy after you've watched Logan. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. It's gritty. Yeah. I haven't even seen Doctor Strange yet. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. Yeah, I like yeah. Doctor Strange. See, we're going to just devolve right into, into geeky dumb. movie talk. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, right, the AT banter film rating scale. That's right. But yeah, I would encourage anyone who is interested uh, to check out the show notes uh, and check out Wheelchair Man because, it, and you know, check out Muhammad's story because it's it, it's really really engaging and it's it's pretty inspiring. It and is, and most importantly, pitch the money towards his GoFundMe campaign. Yep. That's right. And check out our Instagram; it's new. <laughs> speaking of which you want to send me that selfie that uh oh yeah yeah because i'll fire it up on the hey ryan hey rob where can people find us in the guitar dungeon <laughs> that's true <laughs> for most <laughs> most days tuesdays or wednesdays <laughs> between watching, 10 and 2 we're watching ellen <laughs> no that's a three Okay, good. Yeah, it's part of my daytime uh, routine no, now. <laughs> okay, well, other than the Guitar Dungeon, where can people find us on the intraweb? On the intraweb, they can find us at www.atbanter.com. And where can they find Canadian Assistive Technology, Ryan? They can find them at canastech.com. 
You just wanted to say ass. <laughs> uh, they can also email us at pa. God. I hate this. I hate our podcast. I hate our email. 44 list. episodes. I don't, and you still it doesn't matter. Okay. I know oh. what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> okay, go for it. It's atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. How easy can that be? It's I don't the know. AT Banter it Podcast. It, obviously, like. it can't be that easy. Listen, I have a lot of... I, my brain, block of some kind. My does, brain yeah. has a lot of information in it. <laughs> and, yeah, I uh, geeked them. It, it can't fit anything else <laughs> so i have trouble with these things okay i see all right i apologize for my i'll do better next week with the cider yeah uh where else so they can also find us on facebook twitter and instagram instagram we are very excited about our instagram account woohoo see <laughs> i am thrilled to bits i know right. i can tell more pictures I can't see. Woohoo! Sorry. It's people not all about posting. you, Ryan. Yeah. I know. <laughs> people write posts. I can it's, follow them. It's, it's largely about you. But no. Yeah, since it is your d- guitar dungeon. No. That's right. These are most of your toys. Couldn't so. do this without you guys. Aww. 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 That's so sweet. <laughs> all right. Well, that little dose of sentimentality <laughs> <laughs> will end the show. That's right. Get out. Thanks, everybody, for <laughs> listening. I've been Robin O. I've been Ryan Flurry. And I remain Steve Barkley. And we will see you guys next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.